Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. Hi, I'm Hollister Graves, and here's your host Jowson addressing today's episode about the wedding day. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. For those of you who listened to the uh, recording for this show earlier today, I must apologize because I gave you an outtake by mistake. I did not give you the show. Let's talk about a few things. The wedding day, I want to thank uh, Alistair, thank you dear, for the introduction. Right now, let's look at a few things here. The wedding day is a grand day, and it's a great day for the lady, for the bride. It's her day. It's the day she's recognized, and it is totally her day. And she has a lot of say in it. The groom is just pretty much an accessory. However, let's face some facts here. A lot of women get their feelings hurt on this day, or just before it when they find out that they've been BFFs with the bride and then they're not invited in the bridal court or they're not involved in the wedding at all, not even the planning. And for some women, they look at this as to find out who their friends and foes are. However, one thing that we have to realize is that a lot of women really focus on this as a major milestone in their lives. And those that are not participating in it, friends, relatives, they may feel in some kind of way slighted. Now, a few things to understand. I went out on a date with a lady years ago. We dated for about seven weeks total. She was 33. I was in my mid-twenties, not knowing any better. Well, late twenties, really, about 27, would be considered late. And um, everything was like a whirlwind. She was focused on marriage, focused on weddings, always looking at wedding books, always looking at the bridal magazines. She had already purchased her dress, purchased a ring, and her colors were going to be peach and gray. She had everything laid out. Now, unbeknownst to me, I'm getting into this relationship where we're just starting with baby steps, trying to go and get momentum. She didn't have that in mind. She was pressured by her biological clock. She wanted to have kids and a family by 35. But 
you know what I always say? Communications is good, but without consideration, it's nothing. She failed to communicate that aspect of her agenda along with being considerate of what my agenda was. So, what happened? She saturated me with sex for the first uh, seven weeks of the relationship. I mean, it was on and cracking, and I will tell you, that was some good pussy. I'm not going to get you. Then she tells me she wants to have sex without a condom. Wasn't going to happen. Now, that's what ended our relationship. In the interim, about our third weekend, she carries me to this wedding with her as a plus one. We go to the wedding, and this was the first time I'd ever saw the dynamic or the conflict between a bride and a friend who was supposed to have been in the bridal court that was rejected or denied. These two ladies got into an argument, cursing, but nobody threw any hands. And that was something that was new to me because I'd never seen something like that before. I'm like, wow. And of course, there were women that were choosing sides. There were some that were talking about what she thinks she's all that, that kind of thing going on. And one thing that I noticed, there were a lot of women critiquing the wedding and not really appreciating the cost that was shelled out for those people to be there for the reception. So a few things we got to realize about the wedding day. One, at the ceremony itself, there may be limited seating. A lot of people get married in churches. Some get married in different places, backyards, whatever the case may be. And they may have a limited number of seating, so they may not invite you to the wedding itself. And some people feel slighted by that. But they may invite you to the reception. And in other cases, you're not invited to either one. Now, a couple of things that may happen for you fellas to be kind of privy to. If your woman's having problems with your family, there's a good possibility she may not invite them to the wedding or may limit their input in the wedding plans. You're already starting out on a rocky road there. A person wrote me a while back, this was about two years ago, I got a chance to look at it and read her email. She limited her groom's guests, her husband's guests, to only five people. And the other 120 were all her family and friends. That was punishment. Because the mother thought he was marrying her too soon. It happens. Now, I did some research on Peer Research Center, Statista, thenot.com, and several other resources. And what I found was that there's some interesting stats that yielded from that. Even though the state of New Jersey has the highest uh, property taxes in the country at 2.7%, it's also the most expensive place to get married in America, statistically, at $51,000 for a wedding. Now, this is all inclusive of the ceremony and the reception. 
cheapest places to get married? Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Southern states at $16,000. Now, the longevity of these marriages. Maine and West Virginia has the longest marital period. Most marriages in America last about 19.9 years. And residents of those two states usually stay married for about 22 years plus. Kind of interesting. Even though marriage is on the decline, especially most of the younger generation, don't see marriage as an option. A lot of them don't see the value in marriage anymore. And unfortunately for those that are shacking up, when you start acquiring assets, you have to be very careful. Because you break up, you know you probably have to sell those assets or split them in some kind of way or work out some other negotiation. Now this is also something you need to keep in mind with some of you ladies thinking about just shacking up as well. What if he has children out there that he doesn't know about? Because see, in many states, a woman does not have to tell the man that she is pregnant with his child. And let's say you get a good eight or nine years living together and then all of a sudden, he gets a child support order because he's in arrears. And now he has to figure things out. That's going to be a very heavy burden. Now, good thing about it, if you're single, you could probably walk away with it and say that's your problem. If you're married, it's going to be a little bit more complex. But these are things you have to consider in both situations. Living couples usually stay together until about 10 years. And it's usually the female to leave after the 10th year. But they're around that time. They usually have about 2.3 children. Uh, they're cohabitating. And most women will leave the man because there's no growth perceived in the relationship. He's comfortable with the job he has. He doesn't see why he needs to improve. And therefore, she doesn't feel as though she's growing, especially if she has spent those prime years of her life in her 20s in a dead-end relationship. Now, with this lady that I was with for those seven weeks, there was an interesting dynamic that took place. She introduced me to everyone as her fiance. The family members, the friends, I was her friend. It's very, it sounded more respectful to be her fiance around people that she respected, people that kind of knew her, it was okay for her to just say friend. Well, friend, as many of the women interpreted and started giggling, was somebody that she was having sex with. Of course, she couldn't come across like that with her parents or family members because they would have looked down upon her for saying that. Friend, and you got him at this wedding and you don't know him that well? It would kind of odd. But her mother didn't like me, so that was the caveat that I had. 
She didn't think I was good enough for her daughter. And that woman didn't realize she did me a big favor. Because then the daughter started to sour her view on me. That was okay too. Because I avoided getting caught in that rat trap. Based on her urgency to get married and start a family in order to meet the agenda of her family expecting grandkids. Not gonna happen here. Now, fellas, another thing. As you know, there are a lot of women who attend these receptions in order to, of course, meet somebody new. Nothing's wrong with that. Fellas, you know you're out for the proud too. So let's not kid ourselves. Now, other people take issue because of the fact that they're not invited to the reception. On average in the United States, it costs $256 per person at a reception. You could take that $256 and multiply it by the number of people that will attend the wedding. That will give you an idea of what the cost would be on average. You could go above it or below it. You could take that same 256 and divide that by the number of hours for that reception. That reception is usually anywhere from four to six hours. It depends. It varies on average. And that will give you an idea of how much it will cost per person per hour. And I know a lot of people don't like really getting into the weeds with numbers and those kind of things, but this is to help you. The other thing that you'll have to look at too is this. A lot of you guys will be invited to weddings as I was. Now, I didn't have the opportunity to witness her talking to her girlfriends and stuff like that on the phone, but I have been in relationships where the woman has tried to keep me away from her friends unless there was some kind of event such as a family reunion, a wedding, whatever the case would be. The reason being is this. If the woman knows she has friends or girlfriends that are finer than she is, she's going to want a commitment from you in some sort, some way, and wants to give you a title when you meet them so they'll know hands off. Just keep that in mind. Some may flirt, may start asking questions. Be careful with that. Could be a setup. Just tell her. Now, a couple of other things to keep in mind. If you get invited to a wedding, fellows, as a plus one, for some women, that's a shot across the bow of your ship to let you know, hey, this is where my destination leads me with you. You still have naysayers that will go to the wedding and say, oh, I'm not getting married. I, you know, I think it's stupid, et cetera, et cetera, while they're chomping down on the cake and everything else and drinking the champagne because they look at it as a free event. So these are some of the reasons why you're dealing with that. When I was dating Monica, my ex-girlfriend from years ago, a friend of mine's grandson, get married 
He was under house arrest. He had to wear an ankle bracelet. And his woman had to wear an ankle bracelet as well. But she was under house arrest. And she did get permission to attend her wedding, which was at my friend's house in his backyard. It was an interesting venue, to say the least. It was a hood-ass wedding, folks. They had these long t-shirts with the mural of him in a tuxedo and her in a wedding dress. Both of them didn't have jobs. And they were going to wind up living with his mother. Wasn't the brightest thing to do, but they both were in their early 20s. Well, Monica decided to buy them a Dyson vacuum cleaner. So we went there. The reception consisted basically of hot dogs that were in burners, hot dog buns that were in burners, those mini bags of potato chips, and Vandy Camp pork and beans. You know that big can that you have to have on the table, you had the table out there where you turn the crank in a circular motion at the top. That was it. And the Kool-Aid was spiked with strawberry, uh, Boone's, Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill, and some other. Tasted horrible. But anyway, DJ was back there with his little booth with the speakers he had blown out, so you just heard the static. It was already a sketchy-ass wedding as it was. Well, the young lady gets on the microphone during the reception, thanked everybody for the gifts, and they said, now we can go to the pawn shop and see if we can go and pay our light bill. I was done. Monica looked at me, and I said, don't you look at me, don't say a damn thing, because you're the one that wanted to come to this old ghetto-ass wedding. I didn't want to come in the first place. Had a good excuse. Then somebody had stolen the wedding cake. Well, the caterer had dropped it off. But they didn't consume it. The bride's family took the cake and they were posting the kids eating the cake on Facebook at the bride's mother's house. She was upset because she was not invited. Folks, you never know how people will try to get even. You never know when they will try to do it. Now, the crazy thing about this is that when Monica and I were leaving and we were going back to her place, she said, well, what does that mean that they have to go to a pawn shop? I said, dear, they're going to take the gift you gave them. They're going to pawn it for money so they can go pay a bill. She didn't understand the concept of pawning. I had to explain it to her. And she was like, really? That's what they're? I said, yeah, that's what they're going to do with it. They'll probably get $200 for that $750 vacuum cleaner that you 
Okay, no. Did I tell you you shouldn't buy it because... What? She went on. The marriage stayed together for about maybe three or four months. They split up, never got divorced, never got annulled. Went nowhere. Now, as an extreme measure, there's a man who's the second wealthiest man in India. He paid $78 million for his daughter to be married. $78 million, folks. If I had a daughter, and, well, if I had any kids, period, but if I had a daughter especially, and she wanted a $78 million wedding, it's going to come with a contract and a hitman. I'm sorry. <laughs> My daughter is going to have to face the facts. She's going to sign a contract. You're going to have to make installments. I wouldn't give a tinker's damn in West Hill on a Sunday morning. $78 million? No. Honey, i tell you what we'll do. 100000 max. That's it. Seventy-eight million dollars to put on a show for one day makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. I wouldn't give a damn if I had the wealth to do it. Still wouldn't do it. Sets a false narrative. Now, here's the thing that a lot of couples don't think about, and some of them are pretty sharp with it. They start thinking, "Hey, you know what? Where are we going to live?" Maybe that should have a priority over the ceremony. So you go get married at Justice of the Peace. That money you would have spent, whether you borrowed it, whether your parents gave it or whatever, you could take that money and put that towards a down payment on the house. And then you could have the reception later when you could afford it. Along with the nuptials or whatever you'd like. You have to be practical in these days. Now, according to the Pew Research Center, a woman who marries, usually marries making about 35000 a year, the man makes about 65000 on average. What it comes down to is about the majority of people that do marry wind up marrying what is called a delta. Delta male, delta female. That means someone that is not making a hell of a lot of money. The middle class usually. And reliability, dependability, and stability are the mainstays. Those are the things that will keep them going in the relationship. So in that regard, they look at that as more practical means. I've had friends that got married, had these huge wedding bills. They went out and used their credit cards to the max. And they wound up living in apartments. Or living with someone. Or living separate until they could afford a place. But yet they have another burden on them. Where they probably would have benefited each other better if they would have spent that money on their education. And then looked at getting married after they were more stable. 
But I know that dopamine kicks in, somebody gets married, you see the bridal stuff, and it's like Christmas. I get it. Now, other things that you'll have to contend with. Some of you ladies will have to contend with this. Your mom may not get along with his mom when it comes down to making the arrangements. It could be the wedding colors, it could be all those kind of things. And then you may have to deal with, at some point, of you telling them, hey, um, your folks are going to have to like step back and just be attendees. And it's going to be hard for some of you to do. Because those people are very close to him. And now many of you will rent dresses, rent tucks. Nothing's wrong with that. See, the one thing that people get caught up in is try to project that they're rich when they're not. And yeah, true enough, it'll be a memorable day and all of that. But then you really have to think about the other cops, the videographer, the photographer, all of the rest of the stuff associated with it. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to pay the pastor. They used to ask for a donation. The pastor at the ghetto wedding I was telling you about my friend handed him a hundred dollars and he just wouldn't put it in his pocket. I don't know whether he was ordained or not. You will see these kind of things take place. Now, other things too to keep in mind with this whole wedding thing. Dancing. We already know many of you black families, what are you going to do? You're going to do the electric slide, right? You're going to do the Cupid Shuffle. Maybe the Dougie. Nothing's wrong with that. Now, Grandma's hip get out of socket. <laughs> Some of you guys will have to help. Another thing, guys, that um, I don't recommend you do, especially some of you ladies like to flaunt and invite your exes to your wedding. Be careful with that. I've been to three of my exes weddings one of my exes you know when you have the garter you pull up the dress and you're sitting down there and the guy's supposed to put the money she tried to be cute fellas Watch out for that. Now, most of them will have it where they'll pin it on a dress or put it on a money tree or something like that, as opposed to putting it in her garden. Now, another thing that's an event. During the reception, when she throws, well, the wedding, when she throws the flowers, I would strongly advise you, if you're a man, to be out of the way, because if it's a big woman in that group, she may tackle everybody in there to get those damn flowers. I'm just telling you. Knock everybody down. It's like bowling balls, bowling pins. Now, the one who may throw away the garter. Be careful. Because as soon as you catch it, fellas, those women are going to be looking at you like, hmm, okay, so he's available. Walk around and be the best man if you want to. 
when I got married, my best man gave me the keys to his car and he said, you know, you could leave, man, and I'll cover for you. I'm like, nah, that's all right. That's all right. Now, another thing you have to look at, depending on the arrangements for the wedding, there's some that will have like a day trip. Where you can just go down to San Diego or somewhere for one day. Where you just go attend the event and you drive back home. There are others where they have a com hotel accommodations where they've already booked rooms and you just have to pay your portion for the room. They made the reservations. Here's one thing I would suggest, fellas. If you're going and you're single or if you're going with a lady and you guys have never been intimate or anything like that and she still wants to keep it platonic don't let her try to match you up to spend the night with another dude in your room now i'm not saying this on any homophobic level whatsoever so let's clear the air with that the reason being is this several things may happen one she may have a falling out with a girlfriend and she wants to come in there and be with you Number two, one of her girlfriends may want to come in there and be with you. You don't know. You don't want to cut your odds. I'm just telling you. Don't cut your odds at all. Because I'm just telling you what worked for me one time when I went to one of my ex's wedding. My ex's wedding. Tried to pair me up with her brother. Oh, you and your brother. Yeah, we can say, no, hell no. Uh -uh, his ass going to stay in another room. <laughs> I want the room for me. Yeah, one of the ladies that was in the bridal court came over. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Have a seat. <laughs> Don't blow your options, fellas. I'm telling you. He's moping. Now, most women will not invite their exes to their wedding. They will also omit the, if anybody has any objection, why well, these two should be married. They'll omit that because there's somebody out there that's going to raise their hand. Might be his parents, her parents. Might be a baby mama that he doesn't know about. Or the woman he slept with the night before. A couple of other things, fellas, that you may run into. That bachelorette party. Now, there are some women that may choose to have, like, the whole weekend, so they'll probably come down there on the Thursday, right? And they had the bachelorette party. Maybe that Friday, they get married that Saturday, have the reception that Saturday or that Sunday, and then everybody leaves on Sunday. Now, the bachelorette parties can get wild. A lot of the women get horny at the bachelorette parties. This is the reason why I tell you if you ever get invited to one of these venues where it's over a period like from Thursday until that Sunday, because of the room rates and everything, you want to have a room by yourself. Because there's a good possibility after that bachelorette party, hormones are going to be raging. You never know. I'm just saying. Anyway, bring your condoms. Now, I know a lot of women hate me for saying this, but I'm just being honest. But here's the other thing, too. 
if you happen to start getting more pressure from your woman after you have attended a wedding, and that's all she talks about, if you're not ready to have children, you need to communicate that effectively. If you're not ready to have a relationship that will lead to marriage, you need to let her know. So if you guys start out with friends with benefits and then after she's taking you to a wedding, all of a sudden she's talking about she wants to get married, hold her to what she said initially. And let her try to slide that in. And the first thing she's going to say, well, I'm entitled to change my mind. Sure enough, you are. But I'm entitled to hold you to what you said initially. Because ladies, let me tell you something. When you start doing the cognitive dissonance thing, sending mixed messages, the man's not going to take you seriously after that point. You're no longer wife material. As you know, we're more direct. It's either yes or no. It's very binary with us as men. Because the problem we have is that, take for instance, in the workplace, as men, it's yes or no, left or right. The problem is, when we have another male coworker and he's nebulous, he's undecided. We consider him weak and we don't trust him. And when we don't trust the person, we don't give them responsibility. And when we don't give them responsibility, we lower our expectations of that person. And this is what happens with men, with you, when you're like this. Just letting you know to help you out. More in a moment. Alright babe, you coming to the gym today? Mm, probably not. I'm not really feeling inspired to go. You want me to inspire you? Yeah, say something. Get your fat ass. Now, the other thing that we need to keep in mind is this. Not too many women are considering marriage today like they were in the past. So that means that you may not be under as much pressure because people are not trying to meet social norms now like they used to. You're finding a lot more couples cohabitating. And the reason why a lot of women are doing this is because, let's look at the disparity. 25% of women get divorced, wind up in poverty. Many of them stay, not because they love their husbands, but because they love the lifestyle that they have and they don't want to go back. They don't want to delineate. So they'll put up with the cheating, the crap, or whatever is going on. Maybe they cannot get along, they're in a toxic marriage or whatever. Or they're staying for the sake of the kids, you name it. 
but that's an incentive for some women to stay in bad marriages. Now, let's take it back a bit. Let's go just before the wedding. The bachelor party. Fellas, let me tell you something about bachelor parties. Watch for the snitches. The game plan is to protect the groom. Now, the woman, the stripper, whoever they have there, may get a little fresh and naughty with the guy that's the groom that's getting married. Be careful who you share your photos with of the events because if you share it with one of her friends or somebody in the bridal court, right, gets a hold of it, it's a whole different ballgame. Because don't forget, her day's coming up. The last thing she wants to do is to have any competition. She wants to be the winner. Now, I will tell you this, guys. Some women have the most deplorable bachelorette parties. Been to a few myself. Went down to one down there in Cabo. A friend of mine invited me down. Because they wanted to have some men around. Let me tell you this much. They're far wilder than men. I didn't think so at first. And some of these women that are older that you would not think, man, you'd be blown away. Oh, they'd be reaching all into the male strippers drawers and everything in his uh, bikini, pulling things out, massaging them, and more. Now, I knew why my friend invited me down there, because there were way more women than men, and a lot of those women were single. And there was several other guys there, but there were still more women than men. And there was some gut bucket fucking going on, let me tell you. But, here's the thing. You have to keep in mind, a lot of these women are also looking at it from the standpoint of, well, she found a good man to marry. Maybe I will get lucky and find a good man out of this group of men. You could be doing a wedding reception. You could even be doing a bachelorette party, you never know. Now, usually women are kind of slow on inviting a lot of men to bachelorette parties. Because, of course, they don't want snitches. Now, one thing I would tell you guys is this. The girl that's trying to make herself look good out of that group, oh, she may take some compromising pictures of other people, or even of herself send it to the guy that she likes it's incumbent that you don't snitch fellas I'm telling you snitching gets a lot of people in trouble you can mess around and fuck up all those parents money that they put into the wedding if you want to you wind up being a bad guy I'm telling you now the other thing 
if you happen to go to a wedding with your woman, to a wedding reception, a wedding ceremony, and all of a sudden, she got marriageitis, but it's all she's thinking about. And she is now wanting to top her wedding by saying, you know, well, I'm going to have this, we're going to have that, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. That may not go away for a while. It usually wears off on some women. On others, mm-mm. Nope, they have a newfound cause. And here's another thing that will happen as well if you're not careful. She will start comparing your relationship to her marriage. Well, he really cares about her. He went on and married her. We're still living together. Keep in mind, when she starts thinking that way, there's a good possibility she may want to leave. See, the one thing that a woman doesn't want to have happen is for her to feel as though not only if she's made a bad choice in a man, but if she doesn't see any growth or future with him. But see, the problem that a lot of women don't want to face is the accountability factor in the sense that you chose him. And once you've seen that he's not going to go to that distance with you in a relationship, then you're going to have to adjust either for counseling, see if you guys can work it out, or end it. You want more out of the relationship than he's willing to give you. And this also goes in an inverse manner. If she's been married before, for instance, and she doesn't want to get married again, but you do, and you've never been married before as the guy. She doesn't want to take that chance again. And some women judge their future based on their past. I stayed in that marriage for 10, 15 years, and I got burned. I'm not doing it again. Some women literally do not divorce but separate from their husbands as a stopgap for them ever talking about marriage in another relationship they may have. Because that separation offers them protection from that consideration. So what they're looking for is a guy who's complacent with just playing house and living together. If that's what is good for you, that's what goes. But please remember one thing, guys, when this happens as well. Understand that it's not you that she doesn't have the intentions for. It's the institution of marriage itself that she may have a problem with. A lot of women don't like to be tied down they don't want to be under any kind of commitment. They want to be able to go and do their thing. And the one thing that you have to understand too, as men, we're not that close to each other. Yeah, we're friends, we're homies, we're all this. But we're not that close to each other. Women are much closer to each other. Which means that it's more detrimental if they're betrayed by one of their friends. See, we don't operate on that uh, level. 
in that we don't trust men in general. And a lot of women don't trust other women. But when they find their BFF or their friend that they can trust, they pretty much trust them with everything. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind here. Marital bliss. After you get married, oh yeah, you're going to have that blissful time. However, certain things to be cognizant of. This happened to a friend of mine years ago when he got married. And the only reason why I went to his wedding, because I didn't think it was going to work, because she was a little bit too religious. She was one of these kind of people that you wonder why she didn't kicked out of the church, because hell, she didn't need a church. She was the church. But they got married. She had never been married before. She was in her late 30s. He was in his mid-thirties. And after they got married, she would not have sex with him anymore night. She said that the relationship still has to develop. Now, they had been dating for almost seven years at that time. But she thought that it wasn't at a level yet that it would be appropriate. Now, I told him he was messing up with her a long time ago before they got married. But she gave him that 90-day rule. A lot of you guys get messed over over that. For those of you who don't know, the 90-day rule is the woman will start dating you, but that means no intimacy or anything for the first 90 days you're together. Here's why I'm against it. Because I have been a victim of it. Dated a woman... We went past 120 days. What started to happen in the relationship, our communication started to die off. She wasn't returning the calls. Then it got to the point where we were barely communicating with each other, maybe once a week at best. Now, throughout this period, oh, she was still game to go out on a date. And we'd go out and we'd dance and have dinner and everything. No kissing, no, none of that. 90 days. She wanted to get to know me. It's hard to get to know you when she's not communicating with you. The only time you guys are communicating is when she wants to go out on a date. And then it was always some other obstruction where we couldn't be with each other. She wanted to go to a concert. She wanted to go dancing. She wanted to go to the movies. There was always something that took the attention away from the two of us. And I caught on. Well, this lady comes to my door about 120 days in, a little bit more than that probably. She's pregnant, got a suitcase in her hand and she's in tears. Now mind you, I didn't see her for a good period of time. And she's just starting to show a little bump. And this woman was fit when I met her. She revealed to me that she had been living with a guy and she didn't want to tell me the truth about her situation. Guy found out she was pregnant, first he was going to try to stick with her and then he kicked her out. She wanted to know if she could stay with me. Nope. I got her hotel room I think for two nights. 
got in touch with her family and she went on with her life. You're wasting your time, fellas, with a 90-day rule. This is not the 1800s where you got to go and get on a horse and carriage and drive to the next city to find out about somebody's background and then drive to the other city and find out from their relatives whether or not you don't have to do all that shit. It's okay to start out with a friendship first and then let it develop into a relationship. Nothing's wrong with that. You don't want to be put in the friend zone. You don't want to be put in that nebulous place where she puts you in the friend zone but you're in a special part like the VIP section. Where she's into you at first then she cuts you off. But yet she's communicating with you on a regular basis. Usually when women do this they're doing it because they have plans for someone else and if that doesn't work and they can always pull you out because now they've examined you thoroughly. Don't get played like that. Friends with benefits is another situation. If a woman, and usually women will tell you a friends with benefits situation, that's what they want. As guys, we don't tell them that. We don't suggest that. We let them suggest it. The reason why we do that is because most guys don't want to blow it because a lot of women are offended by FWBs. So we let her designate the relationship as friends with benefits. Now what does that mean for you fellas? That means that she's going to use you as pretty much an experimental sex scratch pad, a relationship scratch pad, while she's saving the best of her for someone else. Someone that she hasn't met yet. See, the reason why a lot of women will tell you <coughs> that they know you too well is because you know them too well. They want something fresh where the guy has to get to know her. You, on the other hand, you got too much information. And so, therefore, she looks at you as more or less a throwaway. She'll have sex with you all kind of crazy positions you guys will go out and have a wonderful time together and then when she's serious and she'll probably have a caveat such as don't get serious about me because you know I just want a casual relationship leave it at that and hold her to that standard of accountability no you said you wanted just a casual sex relationship you didn't want a full-blown romantic or loving relationship Now, by doing this, you're keeping her from monkey branching back to you. The way it usually happens, she will start out with you. You guys start having sex and start getting crazy with her, having a lot of fun with her. She doesn't have to be accountable to you. She don't have to clock in. She don't have to worry about you getting upset if she's not texting you for two or three days. You're not upset about it. She's not upset about it. Everything's cool. Now, she'll probably give you that heads up about, well, you know, I met this guy and uh, we're going to try to see if we can work things out. Now, here's the thing. When she tells you something like that, 
That doesn't necessarily mean that everything is over just yet between the two of you. She's still going to probably want to screw you to get that those urges met until she's comfortable enough with the new guy. Now, she'll probably have sex with the new guy, but she'll stop with you first, usually. She'll start with him. If he's any good, she's going to try to work with him and move on with him. Relationship's good. Sex is good. There's no need for you to be around. Relationship will dissolve, more than likely. Now, the worst predicament you could be in with an FWB is for her to be into another guy because of his lifestyle, because he has the money and all this, but you have the dick. She's coming back to you for sexual gratification, but she's with him for the lifestyle. That's usually not going to last long. He's going to figure things out sooner or later. So, just keep that in mind. Don't let your feelings get involved with something like that. Just to help you out. Now, another thing that a lot of brides fear. Things that are prior to their marriage, they don't want to come out if it's not so favorable. See, the reason why some women will not invite certain other women to their weddings may have to do with the fact that that lady may know more about her. They may used to hang out before, and she may know a lot of things about her. And if she were there, get a little alcohol in her, she starts talking, and of course, that'll be a threat to her. Now, some of these people get even on social media, <laughs> where they go and post a comment. And then they probably delete it. But they get petty like that. So just keep that in mind as well. Now, another thing you will run across on occasion at weddings, there'll be some women who may be in the throes of going through a divorce. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand, guys. Just because the woman used the word divorce doesn't mean that she's got it already. Or she's saying she's divorcing. That's a marketing tool for some women. She can still be married to the guy. But what she wants to do is declare some sort of independence to make her more marketable to men that she may want to mess around with. So she may decide to be in that crowd of people that are going to the wedding that she can go and get a rock song. Out of towners are another one. The bride may have friends from out of town and they may be a little bit wild and loose because they're away from home. They probably have a boyfriend back home, a husband back home. If you happen to mess around with one of these women, just like the saying goes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, you might want to have that for the hotel that you guys are in. Just saying. Don't get carried away. Don't fall in love. If you're going to do that. Now. A couple of other things that we need to look at. Your relationships may change. If you're with a woman and you've gone to the wedding... And she may feel as though you don't love her. 
especially if she has been dating a guy for a shorter period of time than you guys have been together and she married someone successful. Women are very competitive and they will compare themselves to other women. Now here's the thing that most of you guys mess up on. Some of you will promise to marry a woman. You'll give her a ring. Take for instance, you'll give her a ring in 2012. You're not talking about marrying her until 2023. All the air is out of the balloon by that time. You have to deal with a sense of resentment if the relationship didn't progress and she's still with you. Because she's looking at it you know, I was in my prime in my 20s when I met you. I was in my late teens when I met you. And now here I am, 32 years old. And nothing's happened. I could have been out there doing this or that, traveling, etc., etc. And you wonder sometimes, guys, why you see a lot of these women in their 40s and 50s and 60s talking about traveling now for the first time because they didn't do it when they were younger. They were preoccupied with rearing families, taking care of babies, careers, all of those things. Now, you will also notice that some of them will have that talk with you after attending the wedding. Where are we going now with our lives? What's the plan? They don't want to be left behind. You have others. They don't care about the marriage. As long as they're with you, they're happy. It depends on the woman and how she feels as far as her own security. Now, you're going to hear a lot of women say, oh, it's only a sheet of paper. They say that until some of the assets that you guys have acquired together may be threatened. As I told you before, women do not have to tell men that they're pregnant by them. That woman could wait nine, ten years down the road. You and your woman are together, having a wonderful life together. You have a family already. You have kids. You're not married. You've acquired a home together. You have cars together. You have money put away. Then all of a sudden you get a child support order. And you're in the rears. That's going to take a chunk out of your assets. And then you got to worry about, you know, whose assets or what. Or, to really complicate matters, what if you were to die, fellas? Yeah, you got your life insurance policy with your woman. Okay. She's a beneficiary. But what if you have a house and all the rest of these other things and you have a kid out of wedlock that you don't know anything about and that kid petitions the court for probate. And talk to your attorneys and find out what the legal complications are where you live. 
because just like you have joint assets, you have joint liabilities. Just so you know. These are things, because marriage offers you more protection than living together. That's the distinction, that's the difference. In many other ways. Check the state laws to find out. Every state is different. Now, another thing you will have to look at. If you're dealing with a lady that has legal problems, take for instance, she's legally separated but not divorced. And it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money for her to get the divorce. Or she's waiting on the husband to divorce her. How much is the doggy in the window? You probably need to find out how much it would cost if you're going to be with her solely or she's your wife. How much is it going to cost for you to pay for her divorce? She doesn't have the money. Some women will tell you straight up, well, if you want to be with me, you got to pay for my divorce. Nope. Another thing I don't suggest, guys, don't be with a woman who has married someone for a green card. When the person has given them money to do so. No bueno. Don't do it. It puts you in a situation where you don't have to be. Some of you guys have written in about meeting pregnant women on Tinder and different dating apps. It's not uncommon. The woman and the baby daddy doesn't work out. She's three or four months pregnant and she's out there. And she knows some guy is going to pick her up because guys love having sex with pregnant women. Secret about that. And so, that's something some women will do. Now, also, we have to consider certain things here. If you're going to marry somebody, you may want to look at a few things, especially you guys. How practical is she? Would your residence be adequate? Are you guys still under financial strain? It makes no sense if you have $20,000 in credit card debt and you're going to have a $30,000 wedding that you're going to save up for. You come out better paying off the debt because you pay more in interest than you'd ever pay for the wedding. got to sit down and look at the numbers because you got to remember the event is for your woman and everybody else that's going to be there now another thing to keep in mind as well there's some parents that want to control the narrative in the situation there's a young man that wrote from New Orleans to California he married a woman he was making 
okay money, not something that was really off the chain. And he and this young lady were saving up for a house. Well, the young lady's mother not only paid for the wedding, she insisted that she pay. And his family said, okay, cool. Well, his family had limited access on a lot of things. And not only that, when it came down to the house that they were going to move in, her mother had purchased a brand new house and decorated it the way she wanted it to be with a bedroom specifically for her. So that when she came over, she had a place to sleep. And what happened, he got in conflict with the mother a lot. And the mom would always tell him that he couldn't afford to take care of her daughter, that she's supposed to be taken care of. Thought he had an ally in her father, and her dad was pretty much a pushover. That's a situation you have to watch as well. You gotta look before you leave. Now, there's a high percentage, I think 51% of black men are who are not married. I'm one of them. I got divorced, I got married in 1987, got divorced in 1990. And I will tell you, many of the problems had a lot to do with situational desirability, more so than anything else. Run into a lot of single moms back then that didn't have control over their children, didn't have control over their lives because they were still going back and forth to court with child support. Some of them were looking for a lifestyle change. I didn't want to put myself through that. Somebody simple that could pay their own bills, a relationship can ensue, and two people can get along. But you had a lot of drama that went with that, with many of the other situations. Most people are discriminated against not by who they are, but by the situations they bring to the relationship. Always talking about what you bring to the table. They're talking about, you know, money and all those things. Lady asked me that one time and I said, I bring an appetite to the table and that's it. And it doesn't consist of bullshit. It doesn't consist of me trying to impress you and you're sitting over there making demands. Sweat equity is what I go by. We both sweat together, we both work together. Because fellas, you will run across women that have been pampered by dads and daddy did everything. Daddy bought them a new car for graduation Daddy bought them a new ring. Daddy paid all the bills. 
they pay for their apartment. I guess what they expect you to do. Replace daddy in all of those aspects. A lot of these women are not working. And they'll be offended for you to suggest that they do. And not for your benefit, for their own, so they can have their own social security, their own retirement plans. But you'll be dealing with some that deal with the now and the own. I know this was a lot of stuff, but these are just things that I bring up for you to really look at so that if you're ever faced with a situation, it's not a total stranger to you. 30 plus years of being out there dating and observing things, let me tell you something. It's daunting at times, but it's also fun. Depends on how you want to shape the experience for yourself. And as I told you before, the worst question that could ever be asked of two people in a relationship is if one asks the other, am I the best you can do? It's been a pleasure, folks. I enjoyed sharing this with you. You can hit us up on Romantic Truth Podcast at gmail.com. And um, if you're listening to the show, please subscribe and like. Whether you're on Spotify, Anchor, whatever platform you own, would really appreciate it. Share the link with your friends. And we'll talk to you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie Poodles and a Rat Terrier as the security detail.
Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.